Hello, my podcast family. Welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. It is Friday. Happy Friday to you. And today we'll be in the 10th Psalm. Reading from the New International Version, let's begin. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak, who are caught in the schemes of his devices, who boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek God. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears, no one will ever do harm. Me. His mouth is full of lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. From ambush, he murders the innocent. His eyes watch in secret for his victims. Like a lion in cover, he lies and waits. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed, they collapse, they fall under his weight. He says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, He won't call me to account. But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desires of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals mortals will never again strike terror. Wow. Doesn't that just throw cold water on a hot stone? (laughs) Chilling, isn't it? One guess which category this one falls under. Yeah, I hear it real loud. Lament with a tinge of imprecation. Written by David. And there are a number of themes that um, I see in this particular psalm. The first theme that I see is the disparity over the wicked. You could almost say it's kind of an obsession when we notice the laments, um, the lamenting psalms that we have covered thus far. David is, I don't want to say consumed, but he has a keen eye for what the wicked are doing. And I can only imagine, you know, that comes from all that David experienced while he was on the run from King Saul and as he was king. Being in charge of folks ain't easy. I'm here to tell you as a retired military officer, 
It's not an easy job. And being the leader, the leader of Israel was no cakewalk. All we need to do is just ask Moses. <laughs> David had a vantage point as king to see all that his nation faced and, the in, and what they inflicted upon themselves. The wickedness of the outside, you know, nations going to battle, you know, against them. Because war is hard. Don't let anyone try and glorify it for you. Going into battle, having to take someone's life, whether God directed you to do it or not, it affects your psyche. It's hard. And you see the ruthlessness in men and in women at times. So David, you know, being in battle, telling his men men to go to battle, losing men in battle. And then David got to see the rebelliousness of his own nation, his own kingdom, Israel, and how they consistently went against God and his commands. All of this plagued David. And for those of you out there who have compassionate hearts when you're watching the news at home, does it plague you to see what is going on too, as it plagues me? David knows that God is a, a God of justice. But I think David forgets that God acts outside of time. We are constrained to time. David is constrained to time. And so although God will answer, the answer may not come when and how we, or in David's case, expected it to come. So that's why he's like, why are you standing afar off, God? Why are you hiding yourself? Well, God's not hiding himself. He's just waiting on his time. But David, having been being king and the vantage point that he has, he got to see all of the ugly in people. And that weighed on his heart. And so after you see that day in and day out, I think two things can happen. Either you get callous to it and it doesn't bother you anymore. Or it's ever before you and you see it all the time. And it bothers you because you have a compassionate heart and you know that there's a right way to treat people. And so I think that's why in the Psalms that we see of lament from David, we we see him talking about the wicked so much. But this particular Psalm drew that out for me. So I think that's the, the theme, just looking at what the wicked do. Now we know the word of God tells us to not concern ourselves so to speak in comparisons with other people whether we're comparing ourselves with other Christians or people who aren't Christians we are supposed to just ensure that we are doing what God has called us to do so let us not be so overly consumed with anyone so to speak to where it takes our focus off of God's calling on our life God's calling on us to be a caregiver God's calling on us to be parents to be spouses to be teachers to be nurses to be whatever let us be clear on what it is God has for us to do and to keep him in our focus yes we are to see what is going on to the left and right but we bring that up under to God we don't want that to consume us right but we know that God is going to answer, right? But he may not answer in our time or how we want to, which leads me to the second theme, and that is trusting God. Now, granted, we had a whole, 
you know, series on that, so to speak, or, you know, we just finished that. So this should be quick and a review for you, right? We don't know the mind of God as far as his exact details for, you know, each and every one of us or his plan. We don't know the exact details, but he does share his general or overarching plan, which is to f- the fulfillment, which was the fulfillment in Jesus to bridge the gap um, between mankind and himself to reconcile us to him that one day all of us will be held accountable to Elohim which is creator God his children we will be accountable for how we honored him you know how we how our lives will be a witness to him the wicked will be under judgment as to how they refuse to accept his son but we all will bow down before God in the end David even in his distress and disgust at what he's seeing of how the wicked are prospering and intentionally inflicting pain on the weak, he knew that God would have the last word. He knew that God was still in control. And so he trusted him. We, as children of God, we must know that God has the last word in our lives and on this earth. Trusting him I believe at first can be a little difficult when you're a new believer. And so he'll go over and beyond to show you that you can trust him, giving you those little, um, what were they called from that fairy tale? The um, crumbs of bread. I think it was Hansel and Gretel put crumbs of bread so that they could get back home, but then the birds ate it. But, you know, God will give you those things so that you know I can trust him, right? But then as you grow in your relationship with him, seeing him maneuver you through turbulent times and you come out on the other side better, that increases your trust and your faith in him. That is why I think, um, and I've said this before, that as you mature in your relationship with him, the miracles or the breadcrumbs don't come as quickly because you've already, God has already proven himself worthy to you proven that you can trust him so you're supposed to do it without having signs and wonders so to speak to know to trust him despite what you're facing because you're a seasoned saint so trusting in God is something that I pull out of this this psalm the third um, theme comes from the last two verses that God hears us and that he will respond which also leans back to, lends back to us being able to trust him. Never think, never, ever, ever think that God has not heard your prayers. Now, the enemy will tell you that he did not or that he does not care about you or that you don't deserve what it is that you're requesting. The enemy will tell you all of that. But you as a child of the Most High God are to know who your father is. And David has stated in these last two verses that God listens to our cries and that he will defend not only the fatherless but the oppressed and the term fatherless here is a metaphor for just people who feel disconnected I mean it could be literally but like you know but it's the people who are feeling disconnected like they have no family and then the orphans the widows those could be the fatherless. And, and like I said, it's coupled with the oppressed. In this era of time, you know, being anything other, and I'm using air quotes, other than the status quo 
of that society would garner you, garner you as an outcast. Whether it was a disease that you had or a handicap, you know, you were blind, crippled, whatever, that was considered outside of the normal and people would not talk to you. You were an outcast and people would treat you below human. Women without husbands, women who couldn't bear children, a male child in particularly, all of those. In that time period, no one would grant you grace or extend compassion. However, in the New Testament, (laughs) we see Jesus. We see Jesus actually touching a man with leprosy, talking to women, healing a woman. This was done to show us that we are to be gracious and extend kindness, compassion, gentleness. Do all these sound familiar to you? (laughs) You see how the word of God validates itself, it builds upon itself. God loves us and God loves you. You may feel alone, but know that you aren't alone. And when those days come, ask God to allow you to feel him. And I guarantee you that he will. So as we close today, let us be mindful that our concern, our focus, I should say, should be on the calling God has called us to. And that there are different seasons as the season of caregiving you are in, right? Or whatever season, like there was a season I was in the military and now I'm out. But let's be focused to what God has called us to do. Being concerned with our neighbors, but not being so consumed by what other people have and what they're not doing that we don't think is right to where we lose focus of what we're supposed to do. No, we bring those things up to God. We ask them, is there anything that he wants us to do specifically here and now? And then we continue to be about the business that he's given us to do. Trusting him the entire time because he's proven himself worthy because we know that in the end, he will have the last word, that he hears us and therefore we can trust him. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you after studying your word written by our brother David and we come acknowledging that at times we are full of lament. We are full of sorrow of what we are experiencing what we are experiencing as caregivers watching our loved ones suffer and battle a disease that doesn't seem to go away but that gets ever aggressive. And so our hearts are not hard but just heavy Lord at the burden of responsibility and accountability of another person as they go through the disease or as they learn to create a new normal after a debilitating disease or accident our our hearts are heavy Lord as we watch the plight of our communities that are no longer vested in communal um, fellowship but pick out the differences of each other and pit one group against the other. 
our hearts are heavy that we may have family members who aren't getting along and the relationships have been (coughs) severed or broken. Our hearts are heavy, Father. But even in in the heaviness of our hearts, your Holy Spirit speaks to us that you hear us and that if we just continue to trust in you, all things will work out for our good and your glory. That even though we may not see it on this side of the Jordan, that you will work things out. And so today, we pledge our trust to you because you are trustworthy. We thank you for the miracles that you've worked in our lives. We thank you for the compassion and the grace that you extend to us every day. And we honor you with our worship, with our time, with our resources, with our lives. Thank you for being a God who hears us. Help us to be able to hear those around us and to meet their needs when we can. Help us to realize that you created us, you gave us blessings, and you extend blessings to us so that we can extend blessings to others. Help us not to take on the characteristic of the wicked, to not take advantage of the innocent, to not lay traps for the helpless, but help us to be champions of Jesus Christ, loving everyone and not meeting a stranger. Let that be our testimony today, Lord. We love you and we thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, my caregiving family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.